Bold Futures continues to work for communities where people have what we need to make real decisions about our bodies and lives. We are proudly and boldly led by and for women and people of color in New Mexico. This podcast, The Heart of New Mexico, is part of the bold culture shift work to shape narratives that matter for all New Mexicans. This is the final episode in our limited five-part series called Bienvenidos All, exploring religious refusals and the impact of these refusals on New Mexicans. I'm your host, Kat Sanchez. Using your religious beliefs to deny health care and services to others is called religious refusals, and so far, we have heard from a variety of voices about how religious refusals can or have impacted their lives. We wrap up our Bienvenidos All series with generational borderland voices, our moms. We have a roundtable discussion with our research director, Micaela Cadena, her mom, Dolores, and my mom, Leti. Dolores is from southern New Mexico, and Leti immigrated to the borderland area from Mexico. Both are parents of a queer child, and Micaela, the sister of a queer sibling. The roundtable discusses borderland values passed on from one generation to another, and they explore the misuse of an important aspect of their lives, religion, as an excuse to discriminate. Can each of you give us a little bit about the values that you were raised with with, within your family? Dolores, we'll start with you. I think a lot of it was just implied um, that we were going to behave ourselves in a way that <laughs> reflected on their on their upbringing too. So like it's almost like we wouldn't embarrass them either. Like especially if we were out in public. Come on, you know how to behave and just do it now. So, but the implied things were, um, I think, work hard and do things well. Do things. Don't just go out and do a half-ass job. <laughs> do things well if you're gonna if you're gonna set out to do them and. Um, because it just takes as much effort to, to do a sloppy job as it does to, to do a good job and do something that you're proud of and um, help others along the way. I, um, and go to school. Uh, Mom and Sam really pushed, um, really pushed education just because they thought it would bring us just a, a not an easier life, but uh, something that we were doing that was well, that was that we could be respected for, just something that we were going to do well at, and and um, respect others. I think that's the gist of it, and just raise us to be solid, good people. And. Letty, for you, can you give us a little bit of the values that you were raised with from your family? Mm, yes, of course, and some of them are si similar. Um, one of the values was to be obedient and respectful, um, help the elder, and um, one of the values is to be faithful and loving loving everybody, respecting everybody, study, learn what you do not understand, find the information. Education is very valuable to me, and 
as old as I am, I still love to go and get educated. And I love to transfer all those values to my children. And that's a perfect segue, though, to bring in, Micaela, you and I, um, from the perspective of having heard what um, both our moms have said about the values that they've grown up with. What do you hear from that, that of the values that you, you got from them, from your parents? For my sisters and I also, um, education was a gigantic value. Um, but I think with my girls, I try to show them and make sure they feel every day is that they're loved, that they're sacred, that they're special. And I think growing up, um, I've always known that. And in times in my life when I've been through patches or moments or years that are harder, that are farther from home, that aren't as, as safe and stable and good, to have always known that um, that I had that somewhere, that I had that I had my roots and my foundation here in the borderlands and in my little small town in Messiah has always meant a lot to me. Um, I always say when I think about growing up that um, our parents and and our in our family, it seems like the expectation was that we just learned how to act right. And I still use that a lot when I talk to Kat or our coworkers. Either somebody knows how to act right or they don't. And I always say, I hope that it was a skill that more people could learn. Um, but I think when I say that, and sometimes I say it in a joking way or a more serious way, I just mean, are you acting with kindness? Are you trying to put your best in the world? Are you trying to be good um, to yourself, to your loved ones, but to the people you bump into also? Uh, so when I think of that value, to me, that's the essence of, of what makes so many of us New Mexicans, that we're going to take care of ourselves and our loved ones in the best way, we, the ways we know how, but that when we move through this world, from our little towns to our big cities, that we're going to show up with respect, that we're going to show up and treat each other with the kindness that, that people just deserve. Yeah, all of this, all of the talk of the values, you can definitely hear generationally, you know, what you, Dolores, and Leti have said about our values, and Micaela, what you have um, gotten from your parents, and what you're teaching your, your kids, and same for me, this is the values that I got from you, Leti, have been respect and love, uh, an emphasis on education, you know, we, we were raised in different areas, El Paso, Las Cruces, Mesilla, um, Chihuahua, all of these values they cross definitely country lines, they cross state lines, and it's definitely a set of values that we have here in New Mexico. Part of a value system that you have mentioned um, a little bit was faith. So if you could just uh, briefly, you both are uh, of the Catholic faith, um, how much has that impacted you in, in the way that you live your life and what you've taught your kids? Um, Leti, we'll start with you. Being Catholic has really helped me a lot in my life because I have gone through very difficult times in life. And um, faith in God has helped me a lot to love people, to accept people the way they are, to respect people. 
and to pray for my children. And Dolores? Here we go with a loaded question. Um, <laughs> my parents were Catholic and we were in the church choir and we went and heard Latin, Mass in Latin, and we were part of the choir. My father would be part of the processions um, and Mama would, of course, always go to Mass too and Mama was a very strong believer in her Virgen. Um, Mama went to daily mass sometimes at White Sands, and and sometimes <laughs> my father would say, ah, no, because the farm needed tending too, so maybe there was a Sunday where he didn't go. And, and there was also times where Mama would say it was an excuse, but he'd say, no, I don't want to bother people that are trying to pray in there and with my crutches because he had arthritis. So sometimes he'd opt to not go to mass. But we were we attended mass. We went to all the classes and did all that. And when it came around to raising the girls, I thought, well, that's what we need to do. There's some things I didn't follow right away. Um, when I had Micaela, I wasn't married and. I told my parents I wasn't going to get married because I was having a child. So that was kind of like, uh, what are we going to do about this issue? But <laughs> there I was and it just we just kept on going and we I went to mass when we went and that was all there was to it. But so I raised them to go and I figured later in life they'd figure things out for themselves, but I was going to have them go through all the classes and what they chose to do later, they did later, but I hopefully would always tell them and hopefully it would hit somewhere that I wanted them to know that they weren't, there was a supreme being, whatever they chose to identify with that supreme being was gonna be their choice, but there was something other than themselves. So I'm, I'm not a strong practicing captive Catholic. I, I shop around sometimes. I, there's been times where I've stopped going to mass and then other times where I kind of shop around for the feeling that I get. And I have found it usually in a Spanish mass that has Spanish music. To me, that's my favorite form of prayer is, is Spanish songs. That's where my faith is. And, and yeah, and I, I will continue going back to a a building for that because I do get something out of it. I really do. That was really beautiful. Thank you both. Micaela, um, for our generation and for you as a parent, uh, is f has the faith that your, your mom had talked about, has that influenced how you walk this world and do you uh, use that faith and, and teach that faith, faith with your with your kids? Yeah, I appreciate the question, Kat. I think for many in our generation, a term I've heard a lot is um, people describing themselves as culturally Catholic. And in some ways, like picking the parts that feel um, welcoming or nostalgic or traditional or connected to the, the women that raised you, the families you came from, and creating room for those parts of Catholicism in your grown-up life. Uh, for me, 
it's definitely been a work in progress. Um, while I certainly do not, at this point in my life, believe in the church as an institution, I believe in, in people that come together in community and show the best of, of what Catholicism means to me. Show up in love, show up in spirituality, show up to bring their best in community with each other. But mostly I remind my girls, and in my practice, I, I don't uh, make my girls go to church with me, which is a different thing than why I grew up. If you were, your family was going to church, you didn't get to opt out. Um, but my girls um, have room every time I go to Mass. I say, if you want to come with Mama to church, here's when I'm leaving, and if not, I'll see you afterwards. But it's meant a lot to me to create room as a parent for my girls to decide when that feels good to them, what parts feel safe and welcoming, um, but also create room to tell the truth to my girls, to say there's parts of this church that um, will never be good to people we love. There's parts of this church and priests in this church that would say some of the work I do means I can't be Catholic. But I've always said there's no church or no priest in between myself and my beliefs. There's a lot of aspects of of the faith that um, that we were raised in that are incredibly beautiful and that are shared across New Mexico, across our borderlands. But part of the work that we are doing and part of the, the point of this podcast is doing some educating around what religious refusals are. So we'll, we'll shift now the conversation to that. Um, was, was a religious refusal something that you had heard of before? We'll start with you, Dolores. No, but it just falls right there in place with everything else that people should just <laughs> stay stay in their own lives. And, and if you haven't walked the person's shoes, or even if you have, you have no right to be in, in their decisions. You just have no right, whether it's about healthcare, reproductive, any, any of those topics. It just, I just don't get it. I just don't get it how even just now that people feel so, so bound to that, that there's a person that's saying she's going to run for election just because she wants to put a stop to all these abortions. It's like, oh my gosh, really? <laughs> that people do just are bent on just doing that in their lives and not anything else. It's just beyond me. I've tried hard with my three daughters. I, I love them each equally. I, I, I've always wanted, like every parent does, what's, I, I worry about their health. I pray for their good health, for inner peace for them, for to just live a good life and be good people. And, and just the fact that one of them has to be singled out in this way, it's just, we shouldn't be even having this conversation that that one of my girls would be treated differently in that sense in any way. And, and I mentioned her because, but I should, I should even just do like a blanket, just people in general, because that one daughter and like all my daughters, they're, they're such advocates for other people. So when I answer the question, yes, it's for Miha, but it's also for, for all these other people that, that, are, that are just living their lives, but have to deal with intolerance like this. Yeah, as a parent, I have to think like that. Like, 
that Mija, yeah, she could, she could have a religious refusal that what closed-minded, ignorant person might do. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't be like that. It should not be like that. It hurts. It really hurts. It's almost like a little, a little escape for some people to put religious in front of it. Like if that's really up high and moral, like, oh, okay, you're doing it for religious means. Or religious, not just for your own little agenda, but almost as if that makes it better. I've been to maybe two white coat ceremonies, and in their oaths, I did not hear any exceptions in their oath. I mean, it's to treat people, <laughs> people, to treat people. And how, how can they look at someone in need and, and turn them away? Letty, religious refusals? I agree a lot with her, with Dolores, you know, but, and we need to learn to accept them. They're people just like me, and we need to love to respect them and to help them. And nobody should refuse them for doctor's appointments, for medical necessities, for medication. They should have the same rights that I do, that anybody else does. They're just a person. And we need to learn to accept them, learn to help them, to love them, and to be, all of us be like one because if they don't accept my daughter, they're not accepting me, and that is not fair. And to stop using the religion, that's only as an excuse not to allow to help these people and their necessities, because sometimes it is a necessity of medication or surgery or abortion. Let God be the judge and us help each other and don't criticize. And that's the way I think. So, Micaela, how does that feel hearing from both parents what they had to say? I think it's really powerful to own our own faith and spirituality and to hear from each other and to say out loud how much love we have um, for our people, for our sisters, for our daughters. I'm so grateful in the ways that I was raised in the communities I came from that I had room to, to be in goodness and safety and to see each other with respect and dignity, to feel lots of love and support for people coming out or, or people needing a range of reproductive health care. But for my little ones, I, I think it's so powerful that generationally, that's the only life they've ever known. To know that in our family and in our friendships and our neighbors, that there's some families that have one parent. There's some families that have made the decision to not have kids. There are some families that have two moms or two dads, or there's loved ones who identify as trans or gender nonconforming. 
And for my girls, that's not like a question or a side stare or a wonder, like, what's that? It's just life. And my hope is that in families like ours, that's just life for this whole generation of little ones. That's my version of New Mexico. And generationally, I think it's something that is carrying lots of power these days. With the values that we've shared around the table, with um, the, the strength in our faith that we've shared around the table, religious refusals I have not heard is part of the values of our borderlands, of how we were raised. Is that the case for you? Dolores, we'll start with you. Religious refusals just doesn't sound like a value you were raised with. No. Um, no. I was again raised with the values that, hey, all the rights all across the board, rights that we're entitled to, rights that rights that we deserve are just all across the board for everyone. And there was always the openness, the welcoming and closing, closing those because of religion is just, is just not acceptable. It's not, but it's always the question, like, where do we go from here? Things just seem to get like you said, we like I said, I hadn't, yeah, you're right, I hadn't heard about this before, but I'd heard about this other thing, this other thing. It just seems like, where do we go from here? One thing comes up, and then another one, and it's always just government interference on some level and denying people of, of some of their, of their rights, of their rights, and saying who can who's entitled to this, who's not entitled, and it just always leaves me the question, like where, it just seems like we just go deeper and deeper into this rather than find some, some way out of it. Letty, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like, from what you had explained again, like Dolores, that, that this is a, religious refusals was a, a, a value you were raised with or that you were, that you, taught us kids well see when I was young and I went to church I really never heard any refusal because that was never talk about it and when I learned about the situation and in my opinion I will say that doesn't matter what religion you are in, if you don't love people, you're worthless. Love is the main thing here. You guys should not be refused. You have the rights. You're, we're all equal. We're all humans. We all have the rights. And that's my answer. And Micaela? Um, it's outrageous to me that powerful voices and hateful voices and angry voices are cowering behind their excuse of religion as a means to discriminate against people I love, against communities I come from. Um, and certainly not. That is, that is not a New Mexican value. Like I've said, um, 
I think really, truly, people hold a lot of respect for each other. People give each other room to be. And this kind of discrimination is not how I was raised. It's not what I see around me day to day, moving through our communities. It's not how I'm raising my little ones. But it also has no place here. And I think that in moments like this, um, we have to find room for conversations that are truthful. We have to uh, work to uplift people who have room um, to speak out against this kind of discrimination. And sometimes that means uh, it may not be the person facing ugliness or hate, but it may be like those of us in this room, it may be like Dolores and Leti and myself that have room to say, um, the people we love don't deserve this discrimination. The people we know needing healthcare and services and community don't deserve your discrimination. And that as people of faith, we're not going to allow this in our name. Uh, so I'm just grateful to be in this conversation and grateful to know so many that are willing to stand up in their faith, in our values um, as New Mexicans to say that we're not going to let this be. Thank you. And thank you both for traveling so far away to be <laughs> here with us on this piece. Thank you. You're welcome. We are incredibly grateful to have Dolores, Micaela, and Leti share with us on our final episode of The Heart of New Mexico and the limited series Bienvenido Sol. And we're grateful for those who have listened. If you missed any episodes of the limited series, catch up on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and share. We're online at boldfuturesnm.org backslash heart of New Mexico. Or follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.